welcome to another episode of Dauber Prospects Radio. We're back with episode number 44, the Brian Fogarty number edition. I'm your host, Peter Harling. Thanks for tuning in, and I uh, hope you enjoy the show. Straight up off the top, we're going to do a little uh, announcements about what's coming up on the site, the Dauber Prospects. Uh, there's some great content up there right now. Uh, Yoki Nevalainen has been uh, pumping out some pretty great stuff. Uh, I was happy to have contributed to his top 60 fantasy hockey goalie rankings. Uh, it's a consensus article, not unlike some of the other articles we've done before, like the organizational rankings and fantasy ranking draft. Uh, so Yoki was a contributor to that, and he invited uh, managing editor Cam Robinson and myself to uh, contribute. Um, I'll give you the Twitter handles for everyone that contributed to this article. So Yoki's is uh, J-O-K-K-E-N-E-V. A-L-A-I-N-E-N. Cams is at Hockey Robinson. Uh, Pat Quinn is one of the managing editors. He was a contributor as well, at F-H-P Quinn, just like the coach. Uh, Keith Duggan, our Arizona writer, um, at K-D-U-G-G-A-N 92. Uh, Tony Carr is our Chicago Blackhawks contributor, at 5-Minute Major. Lucas Main, who I believe is covering Goalie Guild for us, for us right now, uh, at LAM1926. He's our Ducks writer. And Chris Legg at LEGG06. And last but not least, uh, Braden Olofsson also contributed at OLAF1393. Uh, a little bit of news about Braden. He is going to be working with me a little bit behind the scenes on the podcast a little bit, helping me with uh, some of the technical stuff as I'm a little bit challenged in that regards. Uh, he'll also be looking at, uh, getting some episodes posted on YouTube as well. Uh, if you're able to, uh, access YouTube at work, um, that might be something that you'd be interested in doing. I don't think we're going to have any sort of, uh, video support going along with this as I have a face for radio, as they say. Um, and also Braden has, uh, started his, uh, contributions on the main Dauber hockey site, uh, as taking over from Yoki, uh, covering the series known as The Journey. It's a great series. Uh, if you're all listeners of this podcast, you're no doubt regulars on Dauber Prospects. Uh, if you don't spend as much time on the main site as you do the Prospects site, I would encourage you to, to jump onto Dauber Hockey and check out The Journey series. It's a prospect-driven series for fantasy hockey. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, it's a long-standing series. It has a couple of uh, authors contribute to it, and Braden's premier episode is uh, is up on the site right now. Uh, he talks about a um, little segue here into the CHL Russia Canada Russia series that just happened. He talks about some of the players uh, from that tournament. Uh, a couple of the one of the players in particular he talks about is uh, Stepan Starkov, the Russian free agent player who led that tournament in scoring. Uh, so following a little bit along the lines of, uh, of Braden's lead on talking about the Russia series, uh, I kind of thought I'd mentioned a few players there myself, uh, particularly from Russia, as, as most of the listeners on this show are, are pretty familiar with the CHL players and they, they have the opportunity to watch those players on a, on a regular basis. Uh, I thought I'd focus a little bit on some of the Russian names, and these are some players that may or may not have been drafted, but you certainly want to put them on your fantasy radar. Uh, the first player is Ivan uh, Chekovich. He's a San Jose Sharks draft pick. He is at the top of 
the QMJHL in scoring. Uh, he had two points in two games, uh, so he was only able to join Russia when they did their tour through the queue. Um, so he played in two games there. He plays for uh, Baycomo, and uh, he's tearing it up. As I said, he's at, right at the top of the league in scoring. I think he was first in the league at one point. Um, in 24 games, he's got 19 goals and 22 assists for 41 points in 24 games. That's that's fantasy relevant. Uh, another NHL drafted player that scored the uh, final series winning goal, uh, Dmitry Zavgorodny, is a Calgary Flames draft pick. Uh, he had a pretty impressive uh, tournament as well playing uh, for Russia. He's also from the queue. Um, I talked a little bit about Stepan Starkov. He led the tournament six games. He had six points, two goals, and four assists. He is a free agent undrafted player, so you may not be able to add him in any of your fantasy leagues right now, but certainly a player you might want to think about putting on your watch list in case he signs as a free agent at some point. Uh, another player that uh, had an impressive tournament and set a record for Russia, actually, as the first ever player uh, as a defenseman to score five points in the tournament. That's Savelli Olshensky. If I'm pronouncing that name wrong, please forgive me. Uh, he had uh, one goal and four assists for five points. Uh, he scored the final goal. I think it was in overtime uh, to wrap the series up. He had a he had a pretty strong series. He's got decent size, skates well, moves the puck. Uh, well, obviously with his five points. Uh, another Russian player that uh, really caught my attention was, uh, I think his name is pronounced Peter, Pite Piotr, uh, Kochkov, the goalie, the other goalie. Daniel Tarasov was, was one. He's also a drafted prospect. Uh, Kochkov is a, a free agent goalie, um, and he just kind of dominated. He went 3-0, and had a shutout. Uh, at least one shutout, maybe even two. Uh, 0.67 goals against uh, and 9.78 save percentage. Um, he was uh, he was pretty lights out, uh, blanking the OHL in the game that I watched, um, making great saves, making easy saves, um, and just uh, not really giving the OHL much to work with. Uh, the defense in front of him played pretty strongly as well. you got to give credit where credit is due. But to get a shutout in a tournament that has that much star power uh, in a game is is very impressive. Um, getting a little bit back to uh, the Dauber site, another article posted recently by uh, Yoki that I think you might find interesting is a uh, consolidated draft rankings. So he took the draft rankings from several outlets, including our own Cam Robinson's, uh, as well as a friend of the podcast, uh, Steve Cornianus, the draft analyst. If anyone listening to the show isn't familiar with Steve yet, uh, by all means, give him a follow on Twitter uh, at The Draft Analyst. Uh, his podcast is is one of my favorites. Uh, I'm a big fan of Steve's work. Uh, give him a follow. Check out his blog. Uh, Craig Button, they also used his rankings and rankings from future considerations to get a consensus overall ranking. I would uh, also encourage you to take a look at some of my other favorite uh, prospect draft uh, rankings. Hockeyprospect.com, of course, uh, the industry leader in independent scouting. Um, these guys are the cream of the crop when it comes to ranking draft eligible prospects. Uh, they're basically like an NHL team. They've got scouts all over, and this is what they this is what they do. It's all they do is rank draft eligible prospects. 
Um, they're highly respected, um, and they actually go to games and watch hockey. McKean's is another great outlet. I've uh, I've written for McKean's. Uh, friends with uh, Ryan Wagman, who takes care of the prospects for them there. Um, so I'd highly recommend checking out both HockeyProspect.com and McKean'sHockey.com. And, of course, former guests on the show, Sam Cosentino and Jeff Merrick, also do their prospect rankings for Sportsnet. Um, I have a lot of uh, respect for those guys' opinions. Um, so those are some great places to look for draft rankings. Cam's latest draft rankings are up on the site as well. Uh, so uh, be sure to check those out. Um, moving along, thanks thanks for listening, everyone. Um, it's been uh, a little bit inconsistent with episodes since the summer, to say the least, but uh, I appreciate everybody who has been uh, sending me messages on Twitter, encouraging me to, to make more episodes. Uh, it makes it a lot uh, easier to, to put these episodes out, and uh, thanks to, uh, to Braden for helping me get... Uh, get some things sorted out technically as well. Uh, don't forget you can follow this on iTunes. Please feel free to give us a, a review, a little five-star review. Leave a comment if you'd like. That would be amazing. Um, you can also now follow us on Spotify. Uh, I added the podcast to Spotify on the last episode and seen some pretty impressive results there. So if you have Spotify, please do look us up there. Uh, we're also on Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, a whole bunch of places. Uh, if there's anywhere that we're not and you'd like us to post there, shoot me a message. I'll see if I can make that happen. And also you can, uh, in the future, probably find us on uh, YouTube. Uh, more on that to follow uh, as Braden gets a little bit more ingrained in, in the show. All right. Uh, next up, I'm going to do a little bit of talk about uh, players you might want to look at on the waiver wire. Uh, last week I gave you a, a bunch of names, or last episode I should say, I gave you a bunch of names. One of them, I hope you were listening and you took note, Drake Batherson. He was off to a torrid scoring pace in the oh, uh, AHL, his first year in the A as a rookie. Uh, made it impossible for the Sens to ignore. They called him up and lo and behold, he scored a goal in his first game. A pretty nice goal too, by the way, off the draw. And uh, he has, I think... Three points, three points in two games, uh, in only 11 minutes and 30 seconds of time on ice. Uh, his AHL season, he was fifth overall in the league right now, despite having been in the NHL for about a week. Uh, 14 games, 20 points, seven goals, 13 assists. Uh, Drake Batherson is only 30% fan tracks owned, so if you were sleeping on him after last week's episode, if he's still available in your league, and at 30%, that's a staggeringly low number. Uh, I would uh, make sure I went out and picked him up on waiver wire, add him to your roster. You don't even need to stash him on your bench. You can put him right into your roster. He's putting up points. All right, let's look at a couple of goalies who are available. I'm uh, thinking about adding a goalie in the DPFHL. I've got uh, Brayton Holpe. He's been a little injured and uh, not much out after that that's able to contribute. So uh, I'm the, the looking for a goalie market myself. Uh, one player who I noticed was called up recently, there would be a cheap ad, um, minor eligible, entry-level contract, Edward Pascal for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Andre Vasilevsky is out with a foot fracture, so he'll have an opportunity to stick with the bolts for a while. He'll be backing up, however. Uh, in seven games in the AHL, he's got a 285 goals against average and an 896 save percentage. So uh, don't look for much more than him than the occasional spot start with um, 
average to garden variety uh, numbers. However, Tampa Bay is a pretty good team. Even if he's not a very good goalie, he still has an opportunity to get you the, the W, even if his, he lets in a few goals. Uh, another goalie who might be a little bit more intriguing would be Cal Peterson of the Los Angeles Kings. He is only 19% fan tracks owned. Uh, he made his NHL debut recently versus Chicago, and he had 35 shots, made 34 saves. Uh, he's a one and one record with a 228 goals against average, uh, 935 save percentage. Uh, so Cal Robinson was previously a property of the Buffalo Sabres. They drafted him, and I believe he turned, uh, finished out his college career and uh, became a free agent and signed with Los Angeles. Um, I think that was the conditions in which he became a free agent. Anyways, he uh, blew town on Buffalo and, and signed in L.A. for a better opportunity, apparently. And uh, he's getting his shot in the NHL now. He's a pretty good goalie. He'll be ranked in the top 60 uh, that we just put out on Dauber Prospects that I mentioned in the segment previously. Uh, two weeks ago, I, or last episode, I talked about uh, two other prospects, Lawrence Pilot uh, and Sheldon Rempel. Uh, those are two prospects that I'm going to mention them again really quickly because they are on the rise. And Lawrence Pilot is only 9% Fantrax owned, and Sheldon Rempel is only 4% Fantrax owned. Both are still playing in the AHL currently. Uh, but Lawrence Pilot is the leading uh, scorer for the defenseman. He's got 22 points in 15 games. Again, if you were sleeping on him last week, what are you waiting for? He's amazing. Uh, Sheldon Rempel, another college player, uh, undrafted, signed as a free agent by Los Angeles as well. He's tearing up the AHL. He had a cup of coffee in the NHL, and he didn't score any points in the three games that he played, but he's got 15 points in 11 games in the A. A couple more players, uh that I didn't talk about last week. Uh, Let's look at the Charlotte Checkers. Carolina Hurricanes prospect Yanni Kukinen is on fire. He has played 17 games, and he's got 19 points, 8 goals. 11 of his points have come on the power play, so he's producing pretty evenly, even strength and power play, so that bodes well. Uh, He's not dependent on the power play to produces points and he can produce on the power play which is something that nhl teams covet uh he's 20 years old so he's in his rookie year in the ahl and uh he's just looking great i think he's not long for a call up and a a look in the nhl another player and this one is a bit of a reach he is only one percent fan tracks owned and he's probably a player you've never heard of his name is brooks magic He's a uh, center for the Vegas Golden Knights. So he'll be playing with, uh, I believe, their AHL affiliate is Chicago. Um, Vegas signed him as a free agent to a a two-way, one-year contract. He's 26 years old, so he's not exactly uh, a kid anymore. He's got lots of pro seasoning. um, And he's tearing up the AHL. He's third overall in scoring. He was originally drafted by the Detroit Red Wings in 2010. He was a six-round pick. Never played anything for Detroit. Played all his time in in Europe. After a breakout season last year, Vegas got caught wind of him. He made it on their radar, and they signed him and brought him over. Um, So his point totals are... uh, He's leading the AHL with goals, actually. He has 14 goals in 16 games and only 7 assists. So 21 points in 16 games. Third overall in scoring. First overall in goals. That kind of production 
gets noticed. Um, he would definitely be someone who I think you could uh, sneakily put on your watch list, maybe even add him onto your roster. Uh, if he gets an opportunity to come up in the NHL and start scoring at even close to the pace he's at in the AHL, that would be pretty amazing. All right, that's it for uh, your waiver wire players to look for this week. Talk a little bit about maybe some more in the next segment here as I look at answering your questions. If you got a question for the DPR show, shout it out. Send it to our Twitter account at DPR underscore show. Hashtag DPR if you want. You can shoot it right to me, Peter Harling, at Farling, P-H-A-R-L-I-N-G. Either way, shoot it to me and I'll, uh, I'll see if I can't answer your question and get it on the show. So this week's questions. First up is Dauber Prospects, uh, Senior Managing Editor, or Associate Editor, Hayden Sobolewski. He asks me, who are the risers and fallers of the 2018 draft? Uh, well, Hayden. A little early to be calling people risers and fallers uh, with any sort of confidence, but uh, I'll give you some players who right off the bat have jumped out at me as an answer here. Uh, so a couple kind of slammed on obvious ones. Uh, Cut Kenny Yemeni with Montreal Canadiens. I think there was a lot of question about whether or not they overreached and took him ahead of other players that they shouldn't have. Um, if they made a mistake picking him because he's a center uh, be, over other players who were who were better that played in different positions, I think they took a lot of heat, especially from some Habs fans, specifically Habs fans that have never seen Kotkaniemi play. Now that they've seen him play because he's made the team, he's in the NHL, he's looking pretty good. So I'm not sure if he's exceeding Montreal's expectations, but I'm think it's safe to say that he's exceeding most of the fans' expectations, uh, including my own. Um, so congratulations to Montreal. That turns out to be a looking like a good pick so far. So far, so good. Uh, the next one with fourth overall pick was uh, Brady Kachuk to the Ottawa Senators. Uh, he is not exceeding my expectations, but I think he's exceeding some. Uh, he's come into Ottawa's roster, and he's just uh, he's doing everything. He's putting up points. He's, he's playing that Kachuk gritty style. Uh, I think he's exactly what the Senators need, uh, a player that has some passion, a uh, little bit of sandpaper, as I said. Uh, I own him in my fantasy league, so I'm pretty happy about how he's doing. Uh, he had an injury, but he came back way early, uh, so that was also a pleasant surprise. Uh, moving down a little bit, Ty Smith is another player who I think is on the rise after his draft. He's uh, drafted by New Jersey 17th overall. He was returned to his WHL team this season, uh, Spokane. Uh, he's playing there as their captain this year. Uh, and this little undersized defenseman is off to a torrid scoring pace with 31 points in 20 games. And remember, he's a defenseman. Uh, so that's, I'm not sure that that makes him a riser as this isn't new, but uh, it's certainly impressive. Another defenseman who has been impressive um, would be Toronto Maple Leafs Rasmus Sandin. The 18-year-old was able to be assigned to the AHL, so rather than send him back to the Sioux in the OHL or let him go home and play in Europe, they were able to get him to go and play pro hockey with their AHL affiliate in Toronto, the Marlies. Uh, He's also a defenseman, and he's played seven games so far. He's got five points. I think that's pretty impressive for an 18-year-old rookie defenseman in a super hard league like the AHL. Um, I, 
that's more than I would have expected. Uh, I'm just surprised he's able to make the AHL, let alone find an offensive production. Uh, looking at a couple of fallers, I had a harder time with fallers because the players who are drafted early in the draft go back to their original league they are drafted from. They tend not to have a dip in production. Uh, and or if they move from like junior or college to pro hockey, um, there's an adjustment period. And I think it's too soon to, to be calling players fallers or busts. But that being said, I'll give you two. Uh, 15th overall, Grigory Denisenko, picked by the Florida Panthers. Uh, he played 15 games in the KHL this year. He was only able to manage three points and has made his way back down to the Russian Junior League, the MHL. Uh, so a bit of a demotion there. Um, I'm not saying he's a bust or this is a red flag of any kind. Um but I had to come up with someone, so this is what I got. Uh, another one would be 24th overall pick by Minnesota Wild, Philip Johansson. Perhaps a bit of a stretch where they picked him to begin with, but uh, he only has one assist in 17 games playing in uh, Allsvenskan in Sweden, which is not as difficult a league as the SHL or the KHL or the AHL. It's a junior league in one point in 17 games. Um, not sure what... Uh, his game projects to be at the NHL, but it's certainly not fantasy relevant. And this is a fantasy prospect podcast. So I'm going with him. All right. Thanks for the question. Hayden. Next up, uh, William Henny at William Henny 44 asks me for my thoughts on Ilya Mikheyev. Is he worth adding? Well, William, who exactly is Ilya Mikheyev is the first question I think I need to answer for our listeners. He is a undrafted free agent playing in the KHL. Uh, he is in the last year of his contract and will be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. He's currently 28th overall in KHL scoring. Uh, in 28 games played, he's got 11 goals and 10 assists for 21 points. Uh, he is a 24-year-old, six foot two, 194-pound forward. So, uh, is he worth adding? Um, well, first of all, like I mentioned earlier, in most fantasy hockey leagues, you can't add a player to your roster until his NHL rights are owned, either via draft or free agency. So, I think that precludes and eliminates most leagues' ability to add him at this point. You can certainly add him to your fan tracks, um watch list and uh, keep an eye on him in case he should sign and end up on an NHL team uh, at the end of this season. Um, I know that there is plenty of NHL interest in adding established players who are mature and can come over and contribute to the roster right away. Everyone is looking for the next Artemi Panarin. I'm not saying that this guy is going to be the Artemi Panarin or if he's even interested and coming over to the NHL. There seems to be some uh, debate about that. Um, so I guess the answer to your question is I would put him on my watch list and, and wait until find out what his intentions are if he plans on coming. If he signs an NHL contract, then he intends on coming. And uh, at that point, I would be quick to move on him, either adding him as a free agent or drafting him early. Uh, the way the, the Dapper Prospects League works, that players that are signed after our trade deadline, so college free agents or European free agents, we're not able to add them because we're in our playoffs. 
uh, and they just go into the draft. So our entry dra- our draft every year consists of entry level players and recently signed free agents. So he's a player who I would put at the high on my list on my draft list in in those circumstances should he sign. All right. So the next question comes from Bill Khan at Bottlenecker ninety three. Hey Bill. Uh, so Bill asked me likelihood we see almost. NHL-ready guys like Drake Batherson, Dylan Sakura, or Henrik Borgstrom. As as you probably demised already, that this question was asked me about a week ago, right before Drake Batherson was recalled to the Ottawa Senators. So that one obviously goes without saying. Now, in terms of uh, Sakura and Borgstrom, I would say, uh, yeah, there's a really good opportunity, uh, or potential, I would say, that those players get an opportunity to play in the NHL. Both are highly uh, valued prospects, top prospects in their organization. So Dylan Sakura, uh, if you're unfamiliar, comes from uh, NCAA where he dominated for several years, uh, able to sign with Chicago at the end of last year. Um, So far this season, he's played his entire season in the AHL with their affiliate uh, 18 games, 13 points. Uh, So that's pretty impressive. Um, is Chicago having gone through a coaching change and as a team that has had some disappointments lately, um, missing playoffs, early exits from playoffs, I think they're a team that uh, is is entering a transition phase and will be looking at, okay, what do we have with our with our top prospects? Um, I think it would behoove them to give him at least a, a cup of coffee or two in the NHL at some point this season. Uh, once they feel that he has made the adjustment to pro hockey, um, offensively he obviously has. He's producing just great, but I haven't had a chance to watch him play at all. Um, so I'm not sure where his defensive or physical game is at right now. Uh, but once he gets those uh, under control, I think you'll see him in the NHL um, probably sooner than later uh, for a short look at the very least, if not for the rest of the season. Uh, the other player you mentioned was uh, Henrik Borgstrom. Florida Panthers prospect, also coming out of college. Uh, 14 games, 14 points, 4 goals, 10 assists. Uh, similar scenario to Sakura. I th- would not be surprised to see him come up soon. Um, Florida, however, is is not exactly a team on the rebuild. Uh, they're a team that's looking to take the next step um, from being competitive to a contender. Um, if he can contribute to that, then of course they will make space for him. Uh, but I would say the greater opportunity for Sakura between the two of them. Uh, and not that you asked, but here's a couple other names uh, that you might want to look at along the same vein. Uh, Yanni Kukunen, who I spoke about just a little bit ago. Uh, Troy Terry, the real American shootout hero. Uh, Anaheim Ducks had a cup of coffee at the start of the season. Um, was sent back down to the AHL where he's been on fire since he got there, scoring at a toward pace. Jordan Greenway, Minnesota Wild prospect. He's, uh, out of all the NHL-drafted prospects playing in the AHL, he leads in points per games at two. Um, He's going to be a fantasy beast. He'll have some offensive ability, put him in front of the net on the power play, and he'll be a force to be reckoned with. Uh, He'll give you lots of hits as well as peripheral stats, block shots and whatnot, penalty minutes. Uh, So Jordan Greenway is someone who's going to be in the NHL sooner than later. Andrew Mangiapan, a Calgary Flames prospect, is also high on the points-per-game list for NHL-drafted players playing in the AHL. I would uh, not be surprised if the Flames at some point gave him a look. 
and uh, Alex Nylander, William's brother. I spoke about him on the last episode as well. Uh, I think a lot of people are seeing his value as a, as a declining asset, struggling to make it out of the AHL. I gave you my thoughts on that last episode, and that I think it's way too soon to pull the plug on him. I think this is a potentially good buy-low opportunity with this prospect, um, and I would be looking at adding him as I think the Buffalo might give him a look at some point as well. All right, thanks for the question, Bill. Next up is another friend of the show, Stephen Butland. Uh, S-B-U-T-L-A-N-D is his Twitter handle. Um, you can also find Stephen on his own hockey podcast, fantasy hockey podcast, no less. It's called uh, Hockey Dummies Podcast. I had to listen to their episode eight today and uh, loved it. It was good stuff. Uh, I don't think Stephen was on that episode, but... Uh, Give them a follow as well, at Hockey Dummies. Um, So just a little shout-out to a friendly podcast. Anyways, Steven's question is, Paul Bittner, do I think he gets a sniff uh, next year? That's a very good question, Steven. So Paul Bittner is 22 years old. He's in his third AHL season, so he's a prospect by by my definition. Um, But he's not a young kid anymore. He's had two mediocre sort of AHL seasons. uh, And this season, he's uh, shown improvement. Um, Call it a breakout, if you will, um, for him. 15 games so far, anyways. He's got uh, two goals and nine assists for 11 points, which is uh, pretty decent production. Um, Where I think the likelihood that he gets a look at next year is it's time uh, to kind of... Pooper get off the pot with this player. This is his last year of uh, waivers eligibility. Uh, so if he doesn't get any NHL time this year, in order for them to reassign him back down to the minors next year, he'll have to clear waivers. So I think it's very likely that uh, if he keeps playing at the rate that he is right now, that he'll get an NHL recall just so they can see how he looks, give him an NHL debut. Where is he at? Is this a player that they can afford to, to put on waivers? Will he clear do they have an appetite for that kind of a risk? Um, and he's got one year left on his contract after this, but this is his last year of waiver eligibility, uh, I believe. So uh, do I think he gets a sniff next year? Absolutely. Um, without question, uh, if he has any chance of playing in the NHL, they'll certainly give him a sniff and then hold on to him later into the season as teams' rosters get a little bit more flushed out. Uh, it's less likely he gets claimed off waivers as teams are crunching to get their roster down to a manageable size. He's way more likely to clear waivers uh, in early October. All right, last question goes to uh, Leo Reyes at S-E-Y-E-R-P-A is his Twitter handle. And he asked me, quite simply, uh, Broberg versus uh, Byram. So these are 2018 uh, NHL draft eligible prospects and haven't got a lot of experience watching these players play as they're in Europe in the dub and I'm in Ontario. Uh, however, I did defer to uh, Yoki's consensus draft ranking article and um, Byron was ranked 6th overall whereas Broberg was ranked 13th overall. So I'm just going to default to that list. Uh, they're both defensemen. Uh, they both have decent size. They're both uh, transitional defensemen, good skaters. Um, 
However, I think uh, that's a pretty big separation, 6th to 13th. So uh, while I haven't seen much of these players play, I'm uh, going to have to go with the overall consensus ranking on this one and go with, uh, go with Byram. Thanks for the question. All right. If you guys have anything like segment-wise that you think you'd be interested in hearing on the next episode of the DPR show, give me a shout on Twitter. Let me know what it is you want to hear. Prospects, players, teams, fantasy strategies, uh, draft strategies, you name it, I'll talk about it. Uh, shoot me your questions. Tell me what you want to hear at DPR underscore show at P Harling. So that wraps up episode 44 of the DPR show. Thanks again for listening. And uh, before we cut out for today, I'm just going to drop you with uh, another interview that I had going all the way back to the NHL entry draft in Dallas. This time I had a chance to catch up with NHL.com's Adam Kimmelman. He's one of their prospect writers and co-host of yet another fantastic uh, hockey prospect show called uh, DraftCast. Uh, if you haven't, he hosts that with Mike Morial. If you guys haven't had a chance to listen to any episodes of DraftCast, uh, they haven't had as many out this year so much as I would like, but uh, they're still a great show. Give them a give them a listen, subscribe, uh, hit them up on Twitter, let them know you want to have more episodes just like I do. And uh, so this is me and Adam Kilman talking uh, pretty much the first round of the 2018 NHL Entry Draft live from Dallas. Hope you enjoy. Cheers. All right, it's round three on day two. I'm joined by NHL.com prospect expert Adam Kilman. Adam, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. Appreciate your time. Absolutely, anytime for you guys. Cool, man. Uh, So let's talk about uh, first round. Who are some some players that kind of took you off guard? Because there was a few that... They were a little off board. Well, I think you start right at the top with Isperi Kokodiemi. I mean, there had been rumors that he was kind of really, really rising on draft boards off the strength of the world under 18s. But we thought at number three still would be a little bit of a reach. He fits what Montreal's looking for. They need a center. But, uh, you know, obviously teams were really high on him. You thought maybe they could slide back. But obviously with Arizona taking Barrett Hayton at number five, they were looking for a center. And it seems like they most likely would have taken Kokodiemi if he was there. So Montreal saw the guy they wanted and they went for it and well you know he's probably going to spend at least one more season in Finland but we'll see if if he gives them what they need but um him going at number three was a little bit of a surprise I think Hayton at five was maybe a little bit earlier than people thought maybe he would go closer to 10 11 12 in that range um you know, there were a lot of surprises. Noah Dobson still being on the board for the New York Islanders at number 12. Um, had to have Lou Amarello and that group in New York feeling very, very good. And to get Oliver Wallstrom at number 11. I'm a huge Wallstrom fan. I think he's got elite offensive ability. Um, to get those two guys where they got them without having to move around, I think the Islanders did exceptionally well. Yeah, I thought the Islanders in Detroit kind of yeah, one also, day one. Well, you know, to get Philip Zadina at number six, no one expected him to be there at that spot. You know, and then Joe Valeno at number 30, you know, he's a guy with top 20 talent, and they got him at number 30, again, without having to move any assets. He was just kind of fell into their laps. He might not be a guy, Valeno, that wows you with his skill, but he does everything really, really well. He's a diligent worker. I think Detroit fans are going to be really happy with what they did today and what they did last night in the first round. 
who's one or two players you think might uh, might be able to walk right into the NHL? Obviously, Rasmus Dahlin at the top is, is going to have an impact. Sure. Probably Svechnikov as, as well. Uh, is there anyone beyond those two you think have a really good chance of I stepping Bra- in? I think Brady Kachuk, because of how big and strong he is and the, and the style of game he plays, can come in and even if you play him on a lower line, a bottom six role, he will help your team at age 18. He might, he's not going to be the 25-goal scorer that he eventually could develop into, but I think he is capable of helping a team win because of how smart and how skilled he is, how reliable he is defensively. So I think he's a guy who could come right in. Evan Bouchard is another one because of the size, the strength, the skating ability. He needs to get a little quicker, but he's built like a like an NHL player. So I think he's got a shot of jumping right in as well. And, and you know, there's none that says Philip Zadina couldn't do it. Obviously, Detroit is known to want to leave their guys to develop as long as possible. But you look at the skill set and you look at what Detroit needs, maybe they give him a shot at 18 to jump into the NHL. So there are a couple of guys, I think, that beyond Rasmus Dahlin and Andrei Svechnikov who could make an impact as soon as this season. Yeah, Kachuk's an interesting one. He's got a lot of options. He could return to college and play there. His uh, OHL rights are owned by London, and there were some rumors that he might be willing to go and play there. And because he hasn't played junior yet, of course, he's eligible to sign a pro contract, uh, go to the Senators camp, uh, try out for the Senators, and if he doesn't make it there, he could go to Belleville. So he's got four teams he could really choose from. Uh, Do you think there's anyone that would be a higher priority or a lower priority outside obviously the NHL would be his top I my feeling is if it's not the NHL I could see him going back to college I don't know if the Ontario League is going to be the option for him because he would have taken that right away and I think even with David Quinn leaving his coach at Boston University to coach New York Rangers they hired an assistant there so it's a familiar face it's not somebody that they're starting from scratch with at that program so my guess is if he if you're going to rank them I think obviously he's ready to make the jump to the NHL I think at least and either play in the NHL or play in the AHL but I think if he's going to go somewhere else I think he's going to go back to BU for another year rather than go to the uh, Ontario Hockey League Another player I think has an interesting choice ahead of him is uh, Rasmus Sandin so this is a player who's on loan to the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds from his uh, European club team. He, he's got the option to to jump right into the AHL. I'm not sure if he's ready to play in the NHL yet. Uh, do you think that the Marlies is, a, is an option that the Leafs might be looking at with him? Well, certainly, you know, you saw them do it with Timothy Liljegren last season, where or this season, excuse me, where he went from, you know, Sweden into the American League at 18. Generally, though, I think teams kind of try to avoid putting 18-year-old defensemen in the American League just because of the of the physicality, the wear and tear on them. And, and in Sandin's situation, he can go back to Vakjo, or I'm sorry, go back to a Swedish, Swedish league team and, and play there and play against men and develop in, you know, maybe not the fishbowl that he would be in if he came over here to North America. Um, he kind of gets the best of both worlds if he goes back to Sweden. So it, it's going to be an interesting decision. You know, obviously you're right, he's not NHL ready. He's going to need more development time. I don't know if he'd rather go back to the Sioux and, and kind of stay in that situation, even though they'll have a new coach next season. Um, they're still going to have a very good team. But you know, he's, got, he's, he's in a very fortunate spot to have a lot of options. Yeah, for sure. All right, one last question. Who's a player that maybe will get picked in a mid or later round that you think... Uh, people in fantasy league might might want to put in their back pocket as their uh, their dark horse hail mary pick well you know i saw him go off the board i think at the beginning of the third round to the minnesota wild jack mcbain 
Um, big, rangy center, playing in the uh, Junior B League in Ontario. Um, he's going to Boston College, yeah. but he is a kid that he kind of looks a lot and reminds me a lot of just body type Joe Thornton, where he's got this very developable, developable body type where you can add muscle to him. He's a smart player, big and strong, plays a 200-foot game. He's a guy that, with the right patience and the right amount of development, could be a very good player and could be a very big scorer. He certainly, he was a big scorer in, in his league. He raised his game at the World Junior A at the Holenka. You know, when he was in bigger tournaments, he played bigger. So I think he's a guy that if you're looking for a later round pick just to kind of keep an eye on, he's one that's, that's interesting to make. Excellent choice. Excellent choice. Adam, thanks so much for joining us. Love listening to uh, DraftCast with, uh, with yourself and Mike. It's a great show. Keep her going. Uh, and uh, we'll see you around, man. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Cheers.